0: We are back. Back today with Flex Lewis. I love it. Been waiting for this one. It's been a minute, right? Yeah, man. You have been uh,
1: definitely trying to get me into the studio for a minute with the traveling and everything yeah. that's been going on.
0: You're a, you're, a, you're a man of the world, you so know? So are you. So are you. We've actually <laughs> seen each other out more. I know. We've seen each other more a lot, I actually. Know. I with know. The David Meltzer uh, connection. Hockey uh, games. UFC. UFC. Should have just done a podcast right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> That was fun. It's fun. Was that your first time in the Apex? No, no. A couple no. weeks ago? Oh, okay. I, I was there and actually, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed
1: to say, but yeah, fuck it. Like, can I swear in this podcast? Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, come how on. Now we're going. Let's, Let's just go. rip the gloves off. Yeah. Um, so we'll get it obviously into this, but I make a manufacturer gym equipment and Hunter was at my gym Oh. prior to, well, we us just say as I was opening up the gym and uh, he knew that I was a big fight fan Yeah. and asked me to, to come over to the Apex when nobody was allowed to go. Oh, wow. So I oh, with, nice. During Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so I sat on uh, these uh, little chairs. Yeah. Crazy social distancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to cheer, scream, yell, any of the above. Nothing. If I seen somebody making a, you know, whatever, whether it was a crazy knockout or something spectacular. Just sit in silence. Emotionless. Wow. You know how and there it were funny? some
0: great fights, too, Amazing. where you would have wanted to let it rip with the emotion. Oh, right, I definitely. Internally. Yeah.
1: It was, a, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I just moved to Vegas too. So I was like, hold on a minute. This, this yeah. is what's here for me. It's amazing, right? And obviously, off camera, we just spoke about how amazing Vegas is to yeah. Us both. Yeah. And I've been here now coming up to two, two years. Yeah.
0: It's been incredible. It's so good, right? Mm-hmm. Now, had you visited here a lot before you moved here? Yeah. So I used to come out probably, I'd say about three or
1: four times a year. Okay. Yeah, maybe more it all depends um, one of my sponsors is Monster so yep. um, they, they bring me out quite frequently to watch a lot of the uh, pay-per-views and stuff yeah so that's my, cool yeah so my smart for my wife spoke about having a uh, secondary wife in the future a second wife secondary <laughs> wife a secondary <laughs> house that's, that's, that's very
0: that's, progressive let me just <laughs> 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 we're just warming up yeah um, no a secondary <laughs> house secondary wife the Monster puts crazy thoughts in your head sometimes I know, so you know, know. I know. What do. you'll uh, we'll have to edit that out <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I did that out, um, but yeah, secondary house in the future yeah. was the, the plan, and obviously COVID hit, and, and we kind of reassessed where we were in life, and uh, a lot of opportunities were being turned down on the west coast for me, mm-hmm. because I just couldn't frequently just f- jump on a plane and come out. Yeah. Um, so he said, "Fuck it, let's let's come out." I mean, we were living in Boca Raton, Florida. We, my wife, was born and raised in Florida. Oh wow! So, so she, she moved away. Huh? She was ready. She was actually ready. To do really? It. Yeah. She was like. I just okay. seen me hitting all these glass ceilings. I mean, I was there for seven years, maybe eight years, and um, the first five years were incredible. Yeah, a lot of uh, you know that's how I met a lot of my my uh, fighter friends. Yep. Um, Anthony, Johnsh- uh, Anthony uh, Johnson mm. was a very good friend of mine. Yeah, Who just, just passed, passed away. away. Yeah, terrible. Way too yeah, young, man. Way too, way too young. Too young. Um, Great fighter. Incredible. And, and on that note too, he didn't tell. Many of us, just how sick he was.
0: Yeah, I had no idea. No, he
1: was uh, texting me. I mean, I went through all my texts, even recently, not to change of the tone of the podcast. Yeah, no. He, he and I had a, an incredible relationship, um, very close to me and my wife and my kid, um, and, and he was due to come out to meet. Mm. He called his nephew, kept on telling me, I'm coming out, I'll be there in December,
0: he wasn't. Oh man, that's terrible. Yeah. Tragic. So it was. Uh, I. It was horrible. But how that guy ever made welterweight is like so <laughs> insane. Man, I <laughs> that's went not fair. All around the country to watch him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he
1: how he made these weights. and he would be doing like a twenty-pound weight cut the, uh, like a day and a half before. Right. It's so crazy. A fucking death storm And, and you know what that's like? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but not like two days before. Right. Um, but Anthony AJ. Or Rumble, has yep. by many aliases. he was the guy that really opened up the door to a lot of the fighters. Rashad Evans, yeah. Usman, yeah, all these guys were on the rise. But well, Rashad was, was the sure king, king of the yeah. tree, yeah. you know, top top of the mountain. He's a nice guy. But Usman just had moved to that area. Yeah, um, a multitude of different guys, all under Henry Hoof. Yeah, you know? so I met a lot of them guys uh, in the earlier years. But then, in terms of bodybuilding for me, um, it was great. I, I able to win and defend my title by opening up the Dragon's Lair, which is now in Las Vegas. Yeah, This yeah. was a private facility. So it was a 9,000 square foot building. And um, as I was going to different gyms, bodybuilding gyms or fitness, fitness gyms, these front desk people, I won't say gym owners because he says, the owners say no, but front desk people were setting up these meet and greets for me. I'd walk into the gym Flash twenty four hour post on their website on their Facebook. Yeah, coming me flex tomorrow six weeks from the Olympia. I'm walking in, is all these kids were taken off school mixed in with adults. Sure, sure. Clapping. I'm walking in. I was like, "What the fuck's going on? You with my bag?" And um, needless to say, you know, you can't take that out on the fans that have turned up to see you. Of course. And then I left to go to another gym. Same thing happened to another gym. So really? yes, I'm not even making this up. So I ended up being like, you know, they would basically sell it, right? I was part of the the. Uh, the wow. guest package. So somebody came into the gym to buy a, a gym membership. Yeah. Come and meet Flex. Here he is training for the Mr Olympia, and I'm my headphones on. Right. Uh, tell him why you should join this gym. Right. Oh, you should join this gym. Because, and I'm like,
0: what the hell? It's is going such a fucked position to be in. Yeah. You, you can't be the bad guy. Like, what are you supposed to do? It's lose
1: like, lose. Let me pay for a membership. Sure. And then it eliminates all this nonsense. But I mean, um, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because I then shopped around and found this warehouse. this nine thousand square foot warehouse in Boca Raton, which you can imagine the fucking prices. Yeah. And as I, Arsenal Strength, which is the equipment company, was in the early stages, the infancy stages of growth. I still had the rolling index of people I knew in the used gym equipment. Yeah. So I pick and chose 20 pieces of this, two pieces of this, one piece of that. So I traveled the world, took pictures, sent it to my guy, and I grew the Dragons there. Wow. And it was not open to the public. It was hand-picked by myself. Um, but with that being said, I was able then to use that as a great network networking tool yeah i was able to have fighters come in and do the and i used to have you know the biggest names in hollywood that were yeah. filming in fort lauderdale come and use the place there was no windows right there was one door in and out and um yeah it was it was just a great gym and this grew so every time i would bring athletes into camp for me for the olympia so i'd bring guys in from brazil bring guys in from the middle east right they then would bring their fan base well their fan base would arrive at my gym yep and if you know anything about brazilians and um, the middle east they're very passionate yeah very passionate for about sure. everything they do whoever yeah. they fall in. yeah there was a lot of tears on the front uh, <laughs> front door pleading to get in um, and unfortunately, it wasn't open to the public. So we had people sleeping in their cars outside the gym, trying to wow. meet these athletes. So me and my wife were like, we got something here. Yeah. So then COVID happened. Uh, we wanted to potentially look into South Florida opening up this gym. One of my best friends lives out here in Vegas. And plus, I've been back and forth. And there was a big gym that closed down here prior to COVID, prior. Um, I seen the space. Yeah. So I flew out here on a, on a mission. I was like, "Do not tell anybody." I I filmed a week of content just to post. Really? And when I landed, there was two guys on my on my plane. Can I get a picture? I was like, "Oh no,
0: <laughs> do not post this for at least a couple of weeks, okay?" Right.
1: um And ended up posting this straight away. So then I got hit up by all these people. What are you doing in Vegas? The city is closed down. I mean, the strip was a ghost town. Right. And I ended up then being. Um, Kind of drip feeding it in slowly to, to a couple of my uh, closest friends that I'm out here because of this. Outside of that, nobody knew I was out here. Yeah. And then I found the location on my house on the second time. I was just before the crazy spike. Wow. So I found the Dragon's Land. I went, got to work. I didn't tell a soul. I hired everybody, got my GC in. I said, this is mission. Tight lip, you know? Yeah. And nobody's talking. So we were able to work. Obviously, you've seen the state of, of Vegas at that point in time. Sure. I just was able to turn the, open the door for these guys, get them all in, get to work, close the door behind them, lock the door behind them, out of sight, out of mind, and I was able to build the whole Dragon's Lab within five, six months. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so it's been, it's been a crazy um, bing, bang, boom, considering that I, all my routes were in Florida, mm-hmm. and um, I love networking, that's, not, that's obviously not the question, but my roller index was Florida, so to come out to your I knew a couple of key people out here. Yeah. But I knew it was going to work. Yeah. Just like I knew I was going to be the best in bodybuilding, you know? It's just a wild feeling. that I just follow my heart. It's it's rarely let me down. So I just uh, knew I had to be out here. Well, when I say that, when I started looking into coming out here, I knew that this was going to work. Right. And I was all cards in.
0: Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it too, right? It's like once you get that in your head, there is no losing. It's like I'm just... You get your your mindset to something, I'm going to do this. And, and then you do it. Yeah. You know,
1: well, I came to this country when I was 19 first and then I returned on my own at 23. I mm. knew one person and I slept on a sofa for a year and a half. And every day, all the shit that was going on, I homed in on that one thing that was going for me. Because every time I spoke to my mother, she was like, what's going on? Oh, it's great. I had a ca- article in a magazine this month and this and that. And if I told her about the 15, 20 things that were going wrong, she'd be like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> you need to you come back." come home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she told me every
1: time I spoke to my mom, she was like, "You need a, you know, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? I be, I be coming back in, uh, in a month, just to t- touch my feet into the UK.
0: Yeah.
1: Get my visa, you know, stamped and come back. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just knew I had this, um, this burning desire to to be the best and put myself into uncomfy situations until it became comfy. And I've done that all my life. So, yeah. you know, right now I, I'm, I'm doing things that if I told myself five years ago, I'm doing, I was going for these, I, I'd be uh, call myself like, wow, you, you're, you're doing it. Not crazy. You're yeah. doing it.
0: No, it's so funny you say that George, who's engineering right now, yeah. last week, uh, we were talking up front, just me and him. You know, he's 20, what are you, 24, 24, 20, 24 years old, even though he looks like a man child. Look um, at that beard, Ryan, I Nice old. beard, right? I'm George. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Um, but, you know, because I, I, I'm i a dreamer and I, you know, we've got plans on expanding Sticky Paw Studios and the podcast network and stuff. And, and he made a remark. He was like, you know, a lot of the things you say are, sound so crazy, right? Mm. Like, yeah, I was like, it, it just goes, it, it's, it's ridiculous at points because it's almost like, You're constantly looking for the next big play. And if you're not doing that, then like businesses won't hire you. That's exactly what they're looking for is Mm. what's next. Right. So it's crazy just to see it in action though. Yeah. And that's what I had to bring up to you.
1: Yeah. And I brought, I built the dragon's lair and, and that could be somebody's like, okay, yes, that's it. I did it. I built it. I'm right. On to the, I'm looking for the next. Right. I mean, y- you and I, uh, every time we see each other, it's, we, we, I feel like we're like-minded in, in, in the uh, yeah. well, sector that we've, you know, sectors we're talking about. And yeah, um, there's an element of, uh, I say there's just no, there's always, there's just no complacency. Right. Right. It's just, you're always, you, you put this goal out. It's tangible. I yeah. say it's a realistic, I say it's a realistic dream.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, but it's tangible if it's made in these steps. If you achieve this goal and this goal and this goal, you're closer to that, to that dream. Yeah. Um, but then it becomes a goal and then you keep on lifting that dream up higher and higher. So again, when I look back and I think to myself, shit, I'm talking on a podcast. I would never have done this. I mean, this is a kid (laughs) that grew up with a speech impediment. Really? Lisp. Yeah. I was a rugby player. So I kind of put myself into, um, a lot of physicality, right? Yeah. I never had to get up and uh, talk unless I was in... I was the jackalad amongst the, the boys. Yeah. But put me into an, a foreign environment and say, hey, go and speak. You just won, you know, play of the match. Get up on stage and, yeah. and speak down the yard of ill, you know? Get out of here. <laughs> as life has progressed and as things have happened, wins have happened, traveling around the world, I didn't realize that in the sport of bodybuilding not only are you half naked up on stage, yeah. but then when you win, here's a mic. Tell us yeah. how you've done it. Right. And I had to kind of, hate this, but it's kind of true, fake it until I made it. Yeah, sure. And I kind of had to, you know, start learning how to conduct myself, how to, you know, you know how it is. There, there's, I've never had a pre-rehearsed speech in any win I that I've it. ever done. I never. love it. Never. And, but I'm, I've, I'm at that point now. It's so like I walked in your... It's like, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about whatever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm not, I am coming here with an air to push or anything or there, there's, right. but there's always stuff that's going on. Yeah. And that's, I think the beauty of it, because then I'm not setting myself up for walking out the door and going like, damn, I didn't, I didn't say that. Right. Um so same thing for the the speeches I've done in the mr. Olympia people tell me it's like oh that speech You done was incredible. I was crying. I was like shit. What did I say?
0: Yeah, yeah I love that. <laughs> you know, I hate like um, there's been some baseball players that got in trouble for steroids and yeah. stuff over the years and like The like a-, a rod comes to mind like and reading this stupid fucking apology that clearly a publicist <sighs> put together over three or four days Dude, just go from the heart. Just whatever it is. It is just talk to us like it's okay, you know, I, I can't stand that. Like, yeah, you're, 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 you're fucking York, bro. It's okay. Right. We it's know. Like, we we know. know. I'm not mad at you either. <laughs> like, know. you know, I uh, Keep don't. fucking knocking about the fire. Yeah, I don't think you should be demonized for it. Like, just say oh, that, God, whatever. Like, shit. it is what it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But
1: again, I, I've just, I've truly enjoyed the journey, I guess, to this point. Yeah. And I'm excited for what's, what's to come. You know, there's, and the reason why I mentioned that. Is uh, putting yourself, as I mentioned earlier, putting yourself in uncomfy situations until they become comfy has kind of been my, I would say, uh, my moral, my unofficial moral. Yeah. Throughout my career. Throughout throughout me coming to the United States. Yeah. And, um, you know, living what I was living um, and just getting by on very minimum money and and rationing at the best. Yep. Food and bodybuilding is everything, so I had right. to make, you know, everything from the little budget as possible, uncomfy. And then, uh, again, training, uncomfy. Right. Moving away from my family, uncomfy. Right. Um, and that never gets comfy, don't get me wrong. But now I'm in a financial situation where I can bring my family over to see me, and I can still do what I'm doing, and I can go over to see them. And my, funny enough, I just brought my brother who... um he was here for a couple of days he's now living in houston so i've kind of rubbed off on my yeah on my family too yeah. about living their dream chasing inspired their dream. them yeah my brother i came over here for two years uh he was a very good rugby player stayed with me for two years he was so available that he didn't become the first choice he was a captain team leader was uh prized to go on to a bigger rugby team brought somebody in from another another country Yep. So I said, Luke, you're just too available. If you leave, the moment you leave, you're going to be blown up. Come over. So he came over, put himself through school, and he was a PE teacher. And uh, then calls started happening. I was like, fuck him. So then he started doing strength and conditioning with American Top Team. Oh, wow. And now he's got a resume of the best <laughs> of the best. Sure. And now he's in Houston, and um, he's being, uh, he went up to... Um, Penn State to be the strength conditioning coach. Okay. And, and he's, he now he does uh, contractual work. He's gone all over the Ivy Ivy League guys chase him. Yeah. So again, chasing your chasing your opportunity. Right. And I think that you know, obviously he's seen his big brother. What what he had to go through to, to you know get where I am. Yeah. And you just have to put your heart back to front and fucking go for it. Bottom yeah. line.
0: You said something interesting last time I saw you when when we were at the hockey game. It takes off. I, yeah. Go ahead. On on the way into the hockey game. <clears throat> I said something like, well, you're wearing a short sleeve shirt. And I said, man, you're looking, oh, you're looking lean. And you said something like, well, I've lost, I, it was a crazy amount of weight because you said, I don't need to eat like a lunatic anymore to keep the size, right? I am not eating like that again, bro. Ugh. What did I tell you? I said, I'm just not eating like I was? Yeah, you said something like, you know, you don't need to carry all that weight because you're not competing now. Mm. So you, you were like, I'm just going to eat like a normal person, basically. I still like eating good. Right. I mean, I've grown up. Well, I st- first started
1: bodybuilding in nineteen, so I've been eating pretty much, you know, the chicken breast, the, the yeah. steaks, and everything else. So that's kind of brain fed into me. Yeah. The quality over everything. Yeah. Um, but I'm not eating the excess that I was. So I
0: was eating at like one forcing point it down. Because oh you have to to get that size that you were at, right? Even t- even this size, I would think. No, no,
1: no, this is easy. This, this is I can easy. maintain this easy. Okay.
0: In fact... Like, how much weight have you lost, like, say, in the 60 last... 60
1: pounds. 60 pounds. And I was lean at 60. <laughs> I, can, so I can send you some photos. <laughs> I can send you some photos of what I looked like at 230 stage ready. Right. But I, was, I had the weight limit to, to make. It was 212. So I okay. had to literally over... Um, I just burned off the muscle, bottom line. And it was very hard. So imagine... If you are, there's no body fat on you, minimum body fat, but the scale is telling you, you are 14 pounds overweight. You just got to eat into the muscle and there's this smell that comes off. Really? It's a ammonia smell. So really? You stink like a fucking homeless guy. Like it stinks like piss and it, you excrete that when you're breaking down this muscle protein, right? Yeah. So it's. It was uh, six weeks out, like I said, I was ready to step on stage. Four weeks out, I mean, it was, it was stupid. But then everybody who seen me was like, this is such a damn shame because I never got to see the best version of myself on stage. Wow. But um, Because I had a weight limit. But going back to the food side of things, even, yeah. even back in that period, I was still eating six to seven meals a day. But my protein content was halved and my carbohydrate content was minimum really yeah fats are coming in trace elements but i was walking zombie but um i was very good at turning it on turning it off you'll never see me mopey or moony or i'm tired or anything like that because i'm a professional right so if you came into the gym and said hey what's up flax i'd be like struggling today bro but you wouldn't see me in my true form that was you know that was really behind behind the scenes kind of thing you know right. I really had to dig deep um and, and I, I've, I've been with my wife uh since my first ever 212 victory in fact i'm undefeated with my wife i've never lost a show since we got together even david wow so i was able to retire undefeated in bodybuilding in my 2, 212 class um but the goal then in this transition to the food side of things i wanted to be the first ever champ champ con mcgregor you know, the, the guy's literally across the street to me, you know, in Ireland. Yeah. Across the water, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I I come from a very similar upbringing to him. Very blue collar. You know, my dad worked in steel for 49 years. My mum was a nurse until her uh, hips worn away and then she was pretty much disabled when I was growing up. So I seen this upbringing. I was like, fuck, I've I got to change the mold. Yeah. I've got to break the mold. Yeah. And, um, that's why I got into, into bodybuilding. I played rugby, high-level rugby. I was part, my path was paid for rugby, but bodybuilding came about from a free gym membership, mm. and I'm going all over the fucking place. No, I'm no, sorry. it's fine, it's fine. Um, but I wanted to be the best in the world or something, and I won my first show. I ended up then going to the British Nationals. In fact, before that, the gentleman who judged me at the show chased me out the door and literally said, hey, you've got something. I was like, what have I got, you know? You got something you can you can represent you can do very well in this but you've got to um you, you've got to you've got to do the british nationals which is four weeks later and i was like man i done my own diet i bought a flax magazine i copied the diet from there. took away half the food
0: <coughs> oh my god yeah
1: i didn't know what i was doing again I ended up winning the show for a free gym membership <laughs> i played rugby and uh this gentleman uh run out the door with my family and was like you got to represent and the whole brave heart speech you know represent your country against england scotland Ireland, which is a big thing you know yeah sure because that's welsh very proud sure. to be a standalone country and then it ended up being that uh he said to me after i told him the story i'll help you for this show for the british nationals and i was like okay 19 years later that's still my coach to this day wow so now i can pick up the food side of things right yeah so we, we never missed a weight. We'd come to Vegas every single year, 215, and we'd find out three pounds on the last week, just to suck it in. Just to literally stand on a scale for, I mean, you've been a load of weigh-ins. Yeah, sure. Seconds. Yeah, yeah. Back up. Um, and then the open class came knocking. Everybody wanted to see my, the best version of myself. That 228, as I told you, or 230, six mm-hmm. weeks out. And the food content, because of me starving myself, shrinking my stomach for all them years, it was so difficult. I mean, I was blending chicken breast and rice and drinking it.
0: No. Steak and rice, blended. Come on. So Literally unrelated. drinking it? Yes. What is that like my, to, to drink <laughs> a steak? <laughs> <laughs> Think of fucking what a steak Holy tastes shit. like. shit.
1: It was, uh, I mean, honestly. I my, can't even get my
0: head wrapped around that.
1: My, my mindset to be the best. You have no idea. I mean, be, as we're obviously becoming new friends, right? The the mindset is there in, in other things now, but if you were around me during that time, everybody who knew me were like, Gas Flex. Right. Because I knew, they knew. So I had this over diet to make the 212, and then I was force feeding myself But a year, two years later to become the, the best in the world, the, the first ever champ champ. That was my goal. I wanted to be the first ever two division champ. Yeah. And um, I should have done it first year but again bodybuilding there's this misconception about size is everything right and bodybuilding is just is much more than size i mean the structure symmetry conditioning conditioning nobody could touch me on i used to suffer and to get what conditioning is for the viewers that don't know it's how low your body fat can go to display all the muscles and details and everything
0: else right and and there is such a thing as too low like health-wise right
1: yeah, for a, for a long period of time, yeah. But, but f- okay. for me, I, I would just dip into that yep. and dip out. I mean, if you're looking at bodybuilding as, as a healthy sport, fuck no, it's not. You know, it's, you're talking about displaying the off-season that is being done, the muscles that have been created through hy- hypertrophy, and then keeping the muscle as is whilst getting rid of all the body fat mm. and the water. And when your body's three-quarters water too, it's a science. So I could win and lose a show in a banana. One banana, I could win and lose a show. Wow. So it was a science down to the T. And obviously bodybuilding gets the stereotype of, of, of being the drugs, right? But the amount of knowledge that bodybuilders have. Yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> there's a cliche too, right? And that's one thing I'll go into later. I hated the fucking cliche. I, I, I marched against the cliche. But a lot of the uh, athletes that are in the fitness industry, are very very knowledgeable i mean they were talking about recovery stuff that now has just been approved by the fda wow um that these guys had way back 10 years ago i mean pe- people are talking about bpc and, and um, tb500 that are now being you know used to heal yep. injuries and tendons and stuff like that i mean that was that was a conversation i i, I was overhearing from top coaches 10, 10 15 years ago that were being used right on top top level athletes too yeah so a lot of these guys come to to coaches and in, in within the space and
0: be like hey what's the newest thing that's not even on <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, no because they
0: know you guys know
1: <laughs> yeah but there's for myself thankfully i've always had a great coach and um i've always done it correctly um i've got a great team of people and my, my team of people have been tried and tested for years i mean if you look back of of who is there and who is around me you now just giving it an example, when I moved from Tennessee to Florida, I brought people with me. When I moved from Florida to Vegas, I brought 10 people with me. Yeah. And these people are all around me, um, not mooching. They all bring an element to, to, to right. what they are, specialties in their life, um, and great people around me too. But when I moved out here, I said, hey, listen, I'm not babysitting anybody. This is, this is a move. I'm telling you right now, if you choose to move, then so be it. But I'm not babysitting anybody. Out of the 10, one person is on left whoa yeah everyone has stayed so I've um I'm very blessed to have great people around me but I look after people too and people look after me you know and I always believed in this too I came to this country you now the part piss person so the people who believed in me back then this, there's a lot that are still at my coach still yeah. around me to the day and then the the, the new add-ons like my wife yeah you know uh, who's been there with me for 10 years plus um she'll attest that when I eat others eat yeah, I, I truly believe that. That's,
0: that's cool. great. Yeah. Which is kind of how Connor is. That's how Connor yep. is. Yeah, he looked, yeah. He's still got the same crew around yeah. him. That's oh. crazy that that many people came and only only one has left because I would have thought it would have been higher because Vegas would have got him. You know, there's Vegas. just so much here. But you know, obviously that's a you're coming from a very disciplined true sport. So they have that discipline. But even with yeah. that, I still would have thought half. I thought you were going to say half. <laughs> yeah. You lost half,
1: but. I know, I've known of a few people have moved to Vegas uh, over the
0: yeah Vegas I can 15 <laughs> year period and yeah
1: once you you know once you got piling up with the right people yeah everybody's a host in Vegas right right everybody,
0: right. everybody right. can get you free tables in Vegas <laughs> right free alcohol
1: yep and then the slippery slope slopes uh, slope starts happening and
0: <laughs> was that hard at all for you to, no not at all I, I
1: I think it's because I I can have it mm-hmm. anytime I want mm-hmm. I don't want it right. I like working for things. Right. Not that I am on every fucking horse that trains in my gym and everything else not being like, it's like <laughs> this guy. No, but they all hit me up like my birthday. It just went on the 15th now. Um, everyone wanted me to come to their various clubs or whatever else. And I was like, ah, it's just not my... Don't yeah. get me wrong. I love to celebrate just like everybody else. Sure. But uh, I'm Welsh too, so we all love to have a little drink. <laughs> but that honeymoon needs to be contained. So yeah. it's, uh, it's there. And obviously Vegas got... Everything we need and more, uh, but I like the other side of Vegas,
0: the non-strip life. Yeah, yeah, Red and, Rock and all that. Uh, yeah, kind of hiking and all that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I I truly enjoy every element of Vegas because if I bring somebody in and they want to do something like that, let's go. It's there.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. How many of my friends from L.A. even they, that love Vegas? They all say like, I could never live in Vegas. I don't know how. You, like, I don't even know what what does that mean. Like, it's not like we're at the fucking strip sit in front of a slap machine every night. They
1: all think that though, right? Yeah. They all think that Vegas is just one street and we live there. And they're like, <laughs> "How you've got kids. How, how can you bring people, how can you bring your kids to Vegas? It's like, my ki- I think my kids have been to, uh, I don't even know if they've been to the street. I mean, they've been to the, the whole Bellagio, sure. go see the flow, you know, but they've, they've not been, uh, you know, in and around any madness. Right. Um, and plus, before I moved here too, I had a lot of, a lot of friends that I'm um, pre-connected in this town. So, you know, restaurants and stuff like that. So like, it allows me then not to be sucked into the, Right. you know. Right. But again, just so everybody's watching, you yeah, I still like to have a good time. Yeah. You know, I'm retired now too.
0: Yeah. But. So that's so, what I was going to ask you is, is, so you've lost 60 pounds. Yes. But was, is there any sort of pressure that comes with that of like, of, you didn't feel any pressure of like, I have to maintain the 60 pounds so I'd look like Mr. Olympia because that's what they're expecting to see?
1: Good question. I think that's the detriment to a lot of athletes. Right. And I'm not going to lie to you. And it's not a conversation I didn't have with myself too where it's like the gorilla suit, right? Yeah. You're, you're known as this person. And because I've been in these, in the shoes looking at others, who have retired. Yeah. There's, a, I wouldn't say there's a disinterest, but you're not viewed uh, yeah. as the same person anymore. Right. It's like if somebody retires from football, it's like, oh, that's so-and-so over there. I'll still get a picture or whatever right. else, but you're not that savage anymore. Even though yeah. even you've only been retired for two weeks. Yeah. You know, so.
0: I'd almost <sighs> compare it to being like a supermodel that's getting older, right? Like they're, yeah. they're, they're, they can't, they're in like a lose-lose Situation, I feel like yeah. a lot of them probably emotionally because it's like that you're looks, expected to look like christy Brinkley for your entire life, or or Cindy Crawford, yeah. or all these people. I, I know that seems like a lot of pressure. I we,
1: so I've got a very I don't know I don't question it. So even though I'm bringing this up, my mindset to to change in direction in life or tackling something new as long as I have a lofty goal I can put myself into that so yes my physique has been my evidence since I was 19 right I'm I'm striving to create this perfect physique but I never there's a couple of elements to this psychology I'm sure but I never was that guy that walked around with a tank top on I never Mm -hmm. was that guy that walked around with fucking short shorts or whatever stereotype the bodybuilder is that was me so when I I retired I actually forced myself. I used to train in hoodies, by the way, too. Mm. I forced myself to start T-shirts. So when am I, t- like, I've lost now at this point in time, the first time, like 40 pounds. People are like, holy shit, you're <laughs> fucking huge, bro. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just not eating. This is, right. so people have now seen me kind of relax more. Um, it's definitely, I don't know if it, the bigorexia would f- follow for me because I, I, that doesn't, you know but there's elements of of hiding away because you're always judged right right so having the dragon's there, you're having every fan from all over the world that's coming in they get to see you and they get to see the other athletes there and you're always being compared or so you think right. right and i think my issue from old was i was never big enough right or there's always improvements to be made no I'm retired. I look back at some of these photos, some of these videos. I was like, what the hell was I? What? You're a fucking monster. Right. You know, but I'm saying that in the most humble way. Sure. Um, but there was definitely an element to, <clears throat> to, to, I don't know, not showing the world what I wanted. Well, sorry, not showing the world what I looked like. Because for me, it was only one time a year that I, I got to show people. Mm. And I don't know of anybody else that shares that, stare, that same mentality. And I, I also think it's helped me in networking. Because I could walk into a room, maybe wear a T-shirt or whatever else, or a long sleeve, and I can somewhat blend in, right? With a pair of jeans on and one and of these long sleeves. Yeah. People could see I can train. But then if they see my Instagram or whatever else, they'd be like, what the hell? But I never wanted to fit the stereotype. I never wanted to... Um, I just yeah, this the stereotype. I fucking hate it. Yeah. So, with with me um, getting to my biggest two hundred and sixty, clothes were pretty much custom at that point in time. There's nothing I could buy off the rack. You know, t-shirts were all three to four x's. Wow. I was always in shorts. So now losing sixty pounds, I'm I'm able to now rock some nice stuff and you know start the uh, yeah start enjoying myself a little bit with the with the clothes a little bit more. But. um it was also a chapter of my life that i that i was able to chase with all my being yeah all my being yeah. like like the, the the sacrifice that i had to do for bodybuilding far outweighs ever, any sport i've ever done in my life I'd i bet. run country I'd yeah run, yeah i run track for my country i played rugby for a high level college rugby won the british nationals colleges power lifted for for Wales in the british nationals um i done a lot of different sports boxing Gymnastics, bodybuilding by far is the hardest thing I've ever done because the better you look, the worse you feel. Oh, that's interesting. So, unlike fighting so interesting. or tr- track, you carve yourself up, you peak. Peaking in bodybuilding means
0: Depleted, no body fat right? on you. Yeah. Be like shit, yeah. So, I was just gonna ask you, it's funny. You just said uh, a few minutes ago, you said, um, when you look back at old pictures, you're like, fucking monster, right? So, when you were competing and yeah. winning at the highest level, did you still feel like ah, I should be bitter? Like, it, were you happy with how you looked, or were you like, ah, some like stepping on stage? Or were you like, ah, I just this should be bigger, there's more definition here. Like, did you, or were you like, ah, I fucking nailed it? I was like, I'm ready to fucking eat. The fucking
1: photos. <laughs> I think I was like 230 in like four or five days. Um, I had to make a weight cut. So I sh- was able to eliminate any of that conversation out of my head because what can I do with one pound? Right. So I would weigh in every year, it'd go up. So a couple of years ago, it'd be like two two 210.2, then two point two ten point six, then it'd be 211, 211.1. And I always just got under the weight. or nine i think was the last time i weighed in on on my last olympia win so when i look at it like that and i'm standing there and i've also come down from 220s or 230 whatever it was i i couldn't mentally uh torment myself by saying oh i need this improvement and that improvement that's one of the reasons why i wanted to go up into the open class because it was unlimited weight so i can showcase what I also, more, me more than anybody else, even though the fans and my coach and everybody else were, all were so excited to see the best version of myself. It was myself that really was like itching at the bit to, to see, but um, the reason why, and I kind of really didn't answer this question earlier, the reason why I ended up deciding to retire, and it was me that made this decision, which is, I think, also helped. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle the food, the yeah. gut issues that I had that came with it. Um, I had a, a lot of, just a lot of pain, um, nausea that, uh, that I dealt with for a very, very, very long time. Wow. And in the end, I realized that I was not even being able to live, you know, like
0: because, I mean, you really have to eat when you're not even hungry, right? Every, like, you just have to, you have to force it down. Like, how many calories a day? Like 7,000 or something crazy? I, I haven't counted calories, believe it or not. I would always count, count protein,
1: carbs, and fats. So, mm. obviously, if we accumulate that. Okay. But what I would do is I would... that The reason why I never counted calories was my protein would pretty much stay the same, which is around about 350, 400. And then the uh, carbohydrates would shift up and down. Some days, I was eating... It all depends if I had a cheat meal that day too. Maybe eight eight hundred to thousand grams of carbs. It's a lot of food. Yeah, wow. And then maybe two hundred. Eight hundred a... <laughs> grams of carbs. Yeah. On top, and remember, I'd wake up nauseous. I'd look at the breakfast and I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my, my god. god, I can't even." <laughs> oh. And I think back now, and it's a different person because I'm out. Of, I'm checked out of that. You know, I love doing what I do. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm going to be a bodybuilder throughout my life just like Arnold you know yeah but it was a different mentality it was a different savage right like I'd look at that breakfast and go hmm? ah, I gotta eat it one missed meal think about this seven meals a day one missed meal a day is one day of meat eating you've missed in one week if you're missing one meal a day yeah time's up by Sam right right so one day you've missed of eating so seven meals a day if I was to be like you know what there's nobody around. It'd be seen on my physique right so I'd have to find any way possible to get that meal down, and that started at breakfast and I would have to have two meals before I trained and I'd go to the gym and I'm literally really yeah and then I train and the pressure on my stomach it was just a endless thing so I hired I mean I sp- the amount of money that I spent on on literally trying to stay this is no joke when I say this to stay in bodybuilding for the extra two years. I could have bought a small house in Tennessee. Wow. I hired gut specialists. I hired two gut specialists. I had all these kinds of allergy tests, and nobody could explain what was going on. Nobody could explain. As soon as I stopped eating seven meals a day, and I was eating whenever I wanted, everything pretty much stopped. Also, the weight loss. That's why uh, it was very interesting to watch a podcast with Dana, because there's a couple of things that... Uh, I took from that, which, yeah. was, which was a great pro- podcast, by the way. Thank obviously you. Obviously, had the doctor on as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gary Brecker. Uh, yeah, hey, he's actually yeah. a biologist. He's, biologist. He's not, not even a doctor. A, okay. But yeah. We had the he biologist always makes, me, makes it clear that uh, okay, I don't okay, bill okay. him as a doctor. A but shit, yes. Okay. He's a genius, though. So i tell you him. that.
1: Sorry, Gary. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that he was saying on that, um, such as there's no such thing as a food allergy, right? Right. And, see, I, watched. and uh, I could relate to that because I was told, oh, you've got food allergies, and then I, I speak to um, my wife, who's a nutrition dietitian, and she'd be saying, well, these things that these people have told you to t- take out because you consumed within the last four hours or whatever it was, this could be something that you ate 24 hours ago. Sure. That is now flaring you up. So I didn't know where to start when you're eating seven meals a day right. and you consume it. You can't just stop and go, you know what? There's I no process of
0: elimination, f- right? You can't do it. Exactly what it's going to say. You can't. Yeah. You, 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 can't, you don't have them days. Yeah.
1: So when I would have all these tests done and stuff, and I was, I was bringing in my, my, my Tupperware box in, I was getting these scans done and, and whatever else. And one thing I did find out is I am healthy as hell, inside out. Inside out, I was able to retire bodybuilding. I feel like that's rare. I am full head of hair. Yeah. Ginger. <laughs> 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 I am good to go. No, I, it's, it's a very... Um, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of, uh, unfortunate, <laughs> you know, athletes that, that have um, pushed the boundaries. Yeah. Um, and I never did. Did to you get personally. through
0: injury-free too, pretty no. much? No.
1: I came a lot in... of nagging stuff, <sighs> yeah. You on the list? Sure. I, I, came, I came into most, well, I came into bodybuilding with most of the injuries from rugby. So I was able to um, train around a lot of different things. But over the years i've torn both shoulders i've had my my elbows my knees um surgeries no surgeries. no surgeries okay. no surgeries and i also from you know I, I, you can see I like got scars all over me from fighting uh, motocross pain in my elbow i was half a centimeter away from having my arm amputated when i was 15. oh my god and that's what got me into bodybuilding. like really started training yeah really yeah i nearly lost my arm from a, from a motocross accident so my whole arm got whipped around, elbow inside out. Oh. And uh, thankfully for this, this surgeon, I went in. Um, my mother was seeing me kind of in the waiting room. And NHS in the UK is terrible. Like, not eating, just to clarify, you NHS nurses are phenomenal. My mother was an NHS nurse. But this, this, the system is so archaic. Mm. So I'm sitting in this waiting room with people who have coughs, coughs and colds. And it's my arm is mangled inside out. But I am the... You know like the cheese number 54 yeah. yeah and I'm in and out of consciousness like this my mother's like hey listen I I, I right. we have no problem waiting but he's going we need to see him so has yeah, gonna I'm, see I'm, him like nodding off and
0: uh
1: my mother's uh one of my old mother's colleagues seen him and she said oh my god like they cut this motor across top off me I was fighting it I was like, no I just paid for this oh my god. no way of his arm coming out and then they see me straight emergency service sorry emergency uh, uh operation and, yeah um, yeah, they managed to see my arm. So I was in a plastic cast for eight weeks throughout the uh, throughout the summer holidays. So all the friends were doing this, that and the other. And I didn't get to see it. So I said to myself, fucking idiot. When I get out of this, I'm going to learn how to <laughs> backflip, walk in my hands. All shit that is gonna put me back in this cast, right? <laughs> and my mother and, and everybody else around me was like, What the fuck is wrong with you, you know? Right. And I done it. I was, I was able to, uh, I think it was like six weeks out, I got video of it, six weeks after the operation and my arm being you know, close to amputation, I was able to do a handstand against the wall. And then I was able to, when school started back up, I walked the, the whole um, hall on my hands. And then I learned to do a backflip. I give up my dinner, dinner lessons to go and do a backflip i was I, I hated school so thankfully my, my p teachers and i'll, and I'll mention these where they're going to not watch this or not but mr owens and uh terry jones two savior teachers for me in in a school that was horrible very archaic um teachers came from the old times you know whipping yeah. times yeah. A lot of them guys from the whipping times. Right. They can't whip anymore. And they're just like, oh, what do I do? Right. So I was the kid that was sent to the back of the class. And um, I excelled in one or two lessons because the teachers were very good teachers. And uh, I soon realized that um, academics were me, wasn't for me. Sporting was for me. If I wanted to excel and get out of this town that I was living in um, or excel in something and still live in this town, I had to be in sports. And uh, I was able to you know, go on my rugby journey, yeah. run my, my track and field journey. And these guys were, were what was phenomenal your teachers. What in track?
0: Hurdles. Hurdles? I was a sprinter <laughs> really? too. Really? Yeah. I, wow. I still can run. Yeah? I
1: still do a backflip. Really? I was So even though my am a bodybuilder, I was, I've still maintained my athleticism. I never wanted again. It goes back. I've said this so many times in this podcast so far, so far but I hate the cliche. I hate people thinking... When you go muscle, you can't do XYZ or yeah. you're dumbass. Yeah. So I've sat down with people will be People like, always
0: say you're not flexible, you can't do yeah, this, you can't yeah, do that. You
1: can't fucking scratch your to wipe your ass, whatever. I like, bro, I can fucking do much more than you. But um even in business, right? You you're you're kind of stereotyped, which I sure. love. And then they realize when they sit down next
0: to me it's like, right. Oh shit. You're a meathead in business, yeah. right? You're yeah. a-, <laughs> I'm a fucking meathead in business. It's like, yeah,
1: bro, you're 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 and uh yeah, like I was. Let's talk.
0: Let's talk about the money. So, I mean, because you know, if you're a pro baseball player, basketball player, NBA star, you know, out here, you're making hundreds of millions, tens of millions of dollars. And even when it ends, you know, a lot of guys go broke within three years. Yeah, you really got to watch the money with bodybuilding. I would imagine because the I don't know what the pay scales are, but obviously, it's it's not as high as as, as baseball, football, right. basketball. Were you very conscious of like, okay, this is my window and I need to save and invest and and do the right thing with the money to set yourself up for retirement?
1: Absolutely. So I, I come from an entrepreneurial mindset, right? Um, seeing what my mom and dad went through, working for the man in our cared before. Even like said, my mother was in the NHS. She had to wait, I think it was 11 years to get a hip done through the NHS, even though she was a nurse. No wow. skipping the line. It was better for my mother. Eleven like dr- years. Yes, in pain, getting worse and worse. See my mother c- crawling up the stairs, crying to go to the toilet every day. That's motivation, right? My dad walking to work in rain, one car, shed, walked to work, a couple of miles, then come back. And I was like, "Fuck, this, this, this has got to change." Yeah. Um, and it was brain fed in me. So, even though my dad, when he started his, his um, uh, what would it be, his internship. At a very young age, he was told this is a job for life. There's no such thing as a job for life. Yeah. Regardless what this system tells you, I realized that I had to be the king of my castle, you know, and and help everybody else. So I am the oldest born. So from a very young age, I realized that I had to um, start hustling hard. So at a very young age, 12, I had my, if you want to talk about the entrepreneurial thing. Yeah. I had my first paper round and you know these guys when they get like 13 14 they start you know stopping the paper rounds, right maybe he was younger i can't remember but i got friendly with these guys and was like when you finish the paper on give it to me and, and then i'll take it off you so what i did is i took their paper on and then i sold it to these other kids and took a cut off the top nobody taught me this i don't know what the fuck this crazy from. yeah so this evolved into me making money and then i started investing into um these little finches
0: birds yes
1: so i went to the local market oh that's a male. that's a female i built this cage Fucking let them go inside. all oh, this chicks here, eggs? Okay, I sold them back to the pet shop. I think at 15, I had about 100 and something finches. Turn around on that was one pound each, which is like, what is it, 1.20? $1. $1.20, yep. I think right now. So for 15 years old, when I'd sell them to the pet shop, I was having a couple hundred dollars every time I took them in. <clears throat> and then I progressed then into sell uh, to um, breeding uh, parakeets and parrots. Really? Yeah. And then... Listen to this, this is the this is the side swipe. There was my neighbour who I delivered papers to and I seen this guy, he was into a hobby too, and I was like, What are you doing? I asked him, I said, Can you make money from this? He's like, Yeah, you can. I was like, Okay. How much money? Oh, more than more than the pirates. So I ended up uh getting rid of the pirates, investing in these birds. I'll tell you why. Well, it's just a, it's a And investing into the shed, putting it out right, blah blah blah. And I ended up racing pigeons. Ray, really? Pigeons? You got you your phone on? Yeah. Google. Go to Google right now. Yeah. Type in world's most expensive racing pigeon. If, if I'm into something, it's got to be money involved, right? I'm not going to shut up. I look racing a little pigeon. taller. <clears throat> you see it? Yeah. New Kim? Read it out.
0: What's it saying? Hold on. Hold on.
1: I don't, want to bring, well, I don't want to
0: bring my phone out. let get the fucking glasses on. Well, when you're looking for it. A Belgian here. racing bird set an auction record after a bidding war between two Chinese buyers. $1.9 million for a pigeon? There we go. Come on. Not kidding you. So I got into that
1: world. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, have a look at much of the sold for too. $1.4? Yeah. I think one just got sold for $1.7, right? this is nuts so i soon realized i was like okay so i got in i was in the this, what? this so yeah and there's a way you train them so i knew all the local haulage guys right so i would give them these uh these and i'll, and I'll cut the lawns short. no you're fine you're fine um i would give these guys a basket of these birds because you train them you let them out every day they get to see the the area and then they get trained by seed so you they come in yep. on command and they were, i used to live by these um by an estuary on these ungodly huge trees like massive
0: it's okay it's the uh there's a gym uh, our buddy ron next door he's a physical therapist and he gets physical over there damn ron is trying to break some hip huh yeah
1: but um long street shot i ended up being uh sucked into this world and like everything else i go straight in head deep and the best I would say the best uh, sorry (laughs)
0: it's okay (laughs) they they can't hear it though they won't hear it on the thing it's okay Um,
1: yeah the best fanciers are from Belgium right and China so I ended up coincidentally and this happens in a long distance race one of these Belgian birds came into my into my shed it was
0: and I ended up connecting (laughs) with this
1: guy right? and and I come to realize this guy was like the shit in Belgium he told me all these fucking inside things on how to feed the birds and stuff so my birds were on fucking glutamine and creatine and everything. <laughs> I fucking smoked. I fucking smoked pigeons, these guys. pigeons on
0: PEDs. No PEDs. No PEDs. No, no, PEDs. Right, no right. PEDs. All no natural. PEDs. No PEDs. No All, natural PEDs. All natural birds. All natural. Oh, on my fucking, God. On, on
1: the creatine, whenever you thought you're fucking, you know, <laughs> when your mum be like, is this fucking steroids from right. GNC? No, but they were on uh, low-dose creatine. <laughs> I got this from this guy. They were on, so it was a recovery aspect. you got to think of it like this, right? And again, I didn't realize I'm going to fucking talk about pigeons. Right? This is incredible. But if I, if I took yeah. one of these racing birds from one of these fanciers, one right. of the incredible ones, and I put it next to one of these birds that flies around fucking London or flies around the cities, you're looking at a guy who is homeless standing next to Usain Bolt. Wow. It looks like a you know the difference is vast sure the quality of of muscle that's on that bird yeah and, the, and the, the wings and the feathers and how it's genetically been bred to have more uh flight feathers and stuff like that's fucking yeah. incredible so i got into that pretty fucking hard and fast because i realized there was a lot of money to be made and, and i ended up coming second in my first ever race and then i got i smoked them all
0: Wow! Yeah, um, How many years did you do this?
1: I mean, enough to fucking uh, to, to give it up for a girl. Okay. It's not exactly fucking cool bringing a chick back. Like, what do you do? Right, uh, right. These are I my pigeons. pigeons.
0: <laughs> have you ever met Mike Tyson and have you told him this story? Because you Never. know he loves pigeons. I know. That is, my,
1: that is my goal to have this conversation on my podcast in the future with Mike and not let him know. That's one of my bucket okay. lists. Or have a conversation with him to get him on the podcast. Because pigeon- yeah. him and pigeons... Myself, him and Pigeons have that. It's not exactly like there's a lot of people that I know of. That have this love, right? Yeah. Well, love is a little,
0: <laughs> Is, a, is, that, is it It's a extreme connection. connection? Okay. Um,
1: but then I got into... <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I got into... The, when, I, when I started dating uh, and, um, you know, that goes to the shit then, right? The sure. Girls take, take all the bloody right. uh, distraction. I ended up then starting up my first company as soon as I got into the birds in college. So I was in, I was in uh, we call it, it's not college, college, so it's like uh, there's uh, secondary school, which I think ends at 15, or 16, I think, okay. and then you go to college, it's a different term obviously in, in here, right, high school, I think it'd be high school, right? What's yeah, high, what's yeah, high school? yeah, yeah, high school. So I was doing all this, and I was making money, and I was helping, you know, out a little bit around the house and stuff, and then it was, I think when I was yeah, in f- first year of college, I, um, I, done, I studied business, I studied law, I studied uh, various different things. UK law has nothing to do with fucking US law, so don't ask me any questions on law. Hey, Flex. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Yeah. Different different, uh, different structure, but the, the business aspect always interested me. So I, I, look at, I looked at my town, and I, and I sat back, and I thought, okay, what don't we have here? You're in a blue-collar town. Every moves, right? Just yeah. like every dice. Sure. Every spawn. So the only moving company that, that was there at the time was one of these big, huge trucks. You know, the big international yeah. ones. So if you're moving from Miami to, yep. Yep. you know, Vegas, right? Yep. So I ended up getting a couple of the, uh, well, first of all, it was one man in a van. And I got like the U-Haul size trucks. And I quickly scaled very fast in that when I, I won Young Businessman three years in a row, and the award of Prince Charles, I had a KEF scholarship at all these different awards. So when I got into bodybuilding, this transitions into your question, I had already started training. So I used the fact that me and my staff all were physically advanced. Mm-hmm. And I said, who, like, who would you want turning up at your house? These guys, clean cut, hair, good looking guys. Most of them worked on the door on the weekends. Yeah. Um, all these other guys who turned up in fucking different, you know, branded track suits and, you know, all kinds of scrubs. Yeah. So it was, uh, it w- I was able to grow fast and plus, you know, I've got that cheeky charm too and the politeness and yes, sir, no, sir, which nobody says in the UK. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. I had all my guys doing that. Nobody could swear unless we closed doors. Somebody right. dropped a fucking <laughs> sitting on their door. They were like, gosh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I scaled fast and... um I used bodybuilding as my tool, and then I had the opportunity to come to the US and I grew this. I had contracts with the council, I had contracts with the NHS. I mean, I was getting, I was doing these jobs. This is a crazy money gets wasted. Like, they would ask me to move a bed from a hospital from here to the next ward, and they would pay me a standard number. And I'm like, this is where the money's going. This is crazy. Right, man. right. Hey, I get paid for it. But, um, that took a long time to get them contracts and they're very hard to get. I think yeah, the fact that... that I was young, I was hustling, I was doing what I was doing, I had a good crew of people around me, I had very, uh, I had uniforms, I had my, my vans were glossed out, I'd done it right and it was, it was all, um, I, I, I gravitated and then the, the word of mouth was much better than any Yellow Page ad, Yellow pages right. back then. Big sure, right? sure, sure, I remember. So, I was, had the opportunity to come over to the US um, to do a photo shoot for Flex magazine, and I, I came back out again, maybe a couple of years later, and I was just like, I've got to do this. Yeah. This, is, this is an opportunity. So the mindset to to answer your question, I came to this in, came to this country, and I said to myself, if this is not going to be a business, I am not going to do it. So to to full circle now on your on your right p- question. Sorry. No, no, uh, this is great. <laughs> this is great. I. I said to myself, I have to be under contract. I have to have a residual income. It doesn't matter if it was what I was making before, but it's step one on the ladder right. to, to doing this. And uh,
0: that's it, an important piece right there. That last thing you said, though, it doesn't matter if it's as much as it was before, because a lot of people they they get in their head, you know, and I, it, that's that can be a good thing, but that can also be your detriment, you yes. know, saying no, killing a deal because you're hung up on a number. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, I, and again, to your point there, I would go in, in some things, I'd be like, okay, let, give me a three-month incentive or six-month incentive to show, and then I want this. So I had the confidence to ask what I wanted, which a lot of people don't. They, they, they're so excited to get this contract in front of them and sign it without even reading the details. Yeah. I had my attorneys rip some of these apart. Like you're not even saying with this company.
0: And the fitness industry can be tough because it's it's notorious for just everything is it's too low. This pace pay scales, right? It's just low. Endorsement deals, supplement (laughs) companies, they don't pay what what they would if you were baseball, football, basketball, soccer, tennis, right?
1: Well, as long as you eliminate that that element out of your head, excuse me, of seeing what some of these guys get by just sitting on the bench. For a, for a you know whatever yep. team it is,, yep. whether it's baseball, football, hockey, I have friends like that. they hate it. they get paid more money than they can ever imagine. They've got their mum taken care of, their sister, their fucking grandmother's dog, but they are not they're not flavor of the month, right they're, they're sitting on a the bench, they're waiting right. for an injury to happen, and right. then they get sight-swiped out, they get somebody else that gets replaced similar story, my brother, right. But he, was get, he wasn't getting paid like this. But um, as I'm friends with some of these guys in different sports, they'll tell me, it's like, bro, that check is nice, but I left college, I was the man. Right. Now they want to play. They want to play. Get me on they the field. Play. Give me my opportunity. Yeah. So hearing this, very early in my career, I was like, okay, so let's not just look at the money side of things here. It's all about changing my life. So at a very young age, I was able to help uh, – pay my mother's mortgage and my, mother, my father's mortgage off through bodybuilding, which was a big
0: accomplishment wow. for myself. Yeah, that's but, big.
1: But but I was only able to do that by going in and grabbing my nuts and being like, no, this is my worth. And a lot of these guys will get bullied into a number. And I I was I had no problem walking away. You know how many deals I walked away with because I knew I was, I was worth much more than them? Or... In the contract itself, they could use my image for up to three years after the fact. I was like, hell no, you pay me for them three years. You want me for them? Fucking no. My image ends the moment that the contract ends. Or you have a grace period because things are in magazines or things are being utilized in various different facets. So, in the sport of bodybuilding, you know, if you're competing at the Mr. Olympia, um, if you're smart, you could be making a couple of million dollars a year if you're smart. Um, But with myself, I competed in the weight class. So the open class would get paid. I believe it's thousand for the win. And you should have a win-win bonus with your sponsor, whatever, or yeah, you got these incentives for winning from the other sponsors, whatever it would be with me at the time I won 40 grand winning Mr. Olympia. Everyone else was getting 400 for the open class. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was my, it was up to me then to be like, okay, so, I mean, I was making that a month. I was making more money a month than I was from winning the Olympia, but it's the legacy. Sure. For me, it was the chase. It was the goal. It was the dream. Yeah. It was the number because Arnold had seven. And you seven. can
0: parlay that, the title, yes. into, into money. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, with evolution, yes.
1: Arnold had seven titles, so that was my goal. Arnold mm-hmm. was a childhood hero of mine. <clears throat> but Arnold, I'd done mine uh, consecutively. Arnold done his. I think he done f- five or oh, right. six, and okay. then took a break, and then yep. came back. So my goal was to equal Arnold's record. Some people, you know, will put me above that, but yeah, um, yeah. So, so in terms of the business aspect of things, at at a very, well, very early in my career, I started investing what little money I had into diff- different things. Took a couple of Ws, took a couple of losses. Yeah. You know how it goes. Sure. But I was prepared at that point in time to to make these uh, these big leaps. So 2015, I invested into a company with my partner called Arsenal Strength. And now we're we're global on that too. So that's one of the investments that I got various other ones too, but and various other businesses. So if you came to the Dragon's Lair, which is located here in Las Vegas, we pride ourselves on being a very like unique gym. We have uh, a lot of the world's best athletes and right now as the mr olympia is coming up everybody's flying in to do camp so we have a lot of we have a lot of um mr and miss olympia athletes yeah that are here in camp from all over the world and they come and train at the gym um but this year we broke the uh i guess it was some record or something we the number one day passed the entire nation right now at the dragon's land so we have a lot of, we focus on tourism yeah. So when people come in, we That's really this smart too. Yeah. I
0: mean, and who's ever done that? I mean, the only Go- thing I can think of would be Muscle Beach. Gold right? Gym. Gold Muscle Gym. Beach, yes. All yeah. tourism. Right.
1: So we have our members, but we capped our members. The rest is all tourism. And we really make the gym their Disneyland. So the moment they walk in, that's why whenever we hire, we have to be like, hey, listen, I, I love your energy right now, but could you fucking maintain this for the right. next eight hours? Right. On the next day. In day in and day
0: out. On the next day. No matter your mood, no matter whatever's going on. Exactly.
1: People are walking in literally from the airport, Matt. Yeah. With their luggage. They can't check in, right? They come into the gym with their luggage and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. Can I take a cell? Yeah, let me take it for you. So my, my staff have to have that. Um, and then they walk into the gym and then there's like the, the graffiti and everything else, which I hired the, an award winner to do. And they've got this, I don't know if you have you been to the gym yet? I haven't no, been haven't. yet, but I've heard amazing things. I've Thank obviously you. seen photos
0: on Instagram yeah. and stuff and have a lot of friends that have been yeah. in. Um, we should have actually brought you in first. Then, we yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Well, now we have to have you back yeah, for now, this is my this way this of making come, sure right? that you're back again. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we gotta put all of you guys put some pressure on this guy. Yeah, I've been putting pressure on him. I guess
0: I'm afraid to go in there, man. <laughs> I need, no. Let me let me drop a little more. No, let me get leaner. No, I don't know. No, no,
1: It'd be, it'll help. <laughs> it'll help. And with you know? that said, too, there's there's a multitude of different people that train. you know, people who are okay. They're on the Mr. Olympia hunt, right? And they're going to be standing next to somebody who has just lost three hundred pounds, female, trying to change her life. Standing next to somebody who is just played for the raiders this past weekend, yeah. Who's being asked to spot somebody that's just joined the gym for the first time two weeks ago. And it's such a great collection of of people, but there's a is a culture there. Yeah. There's this energy there. Um, I got rid of people. I don't give a fuck how many social media followers
0: you have. Really? If you're a fuck, tad, get out of my gym. As even a paying customer. Yeah. You mean, just get out. If you
1: allow that Wrong energy. Wrong attitude. If you allow that energy to be like, I'm a fucking peacock and gonna fluff my feathers. If I'm not doing it, who the fuck are you? Right. Like, I'm the one to put <laughs>
0: X, 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 right. X, money in this fucking gym.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Carmona loves it. <laughs> yeah. He's been to the gym. He's been. Yeah. 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 He yeah. knows. He knows. I don't tolerate it. It's like, I pride myself on being humble. And driven
0: yeah are you over there every day uh, uh, pretty much
1: give or take yeah Monday to f- Monday to Friday I'm there in the office yeah and I do my, my little I train then um, yeah I won't say what time. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you.
1: I'm there, I'm there from 8.15 to about 4 o'clock, and then I leave too. Really? Yeah, but I work in the office. So right. All the multitude of different things right. that I've got going on. I, I like being in the That's office.
0: also why the level stays at where it is, I think, because you are there still. You, the, the presence is there, right? Because it's like, you know, the Wynn Hotel, yeah. Wynn and Encore, You're Steve Wynn... He made this town. His, you know, he he at one point owned all of, you know, the Mirage, any MGM property he owned, then he eventually sold that, and then he he just had Wynn. And I was at Wynn a couple weeks ago. It's still a great property. It's my favorite one, probably Mm, Wynn Encore, right? But it has slipped compared to where it was. Like, I just saw, like, little wrappers and, like, an empty can by a slot machine. I was like, Uh... on Steve Wynn's guard? no chance you couldn't they wouldn't even let a cigarette in the sand you know how they put it in like the little sand ashtray they would clean that out immediately Oh, I got goosebumps. over there right it's like yeah. that's the level like when you said disneyland that's the level that, that he commanded yes um and i think the big corporations they don't they don't care they don't look at it like that no yes again when it's, when it's being bought out right you're just a stat and they they want to see uh
1: they want to see volume, right. they Want to They see whatever they want to see, the yeah. way they purchased
0: it. The PL is yes, all they the care P&L. about. That's Thank it. You.
1: That's what I was getting after.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, like today, you know, I didn't go in today because as you know, I've got a, a six month old. Yeah. He was up last night and for, for, for my wife to, to my wife is heavily involved in the business too. I'm very blessed. That's, you yeah. Give me my wife. yeah. 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 I love her. Yeah. yeah. So she was able to do her thing today and I stay back. And the one day, this is the first day I've taken off in a week. Uh, in in the week uh, yeah the Monday to Friday fucking email went out first thing i read spell a shit, spell a mistake and i'm like <laughs> oh my god one day one day i'm not you and I, I i like to proofread everything yeah. right yeah um as if i was reading it as a customer as a consumer as a, as, a, as a as a whatever it would be filling the gaps yeah and I was like, oh, my God, guys, come on, for fuck's sake. And this is why my wife is telling me, it's like, you don't need to go in every single day. You can actually get more done yeah. from the house. Sure. Without the distractions.
0: Because yeah. when I go in
1: the gym, They I all my want you. Yeah, they all
0: want something.
1: But also there's people that are flown in from all over the world. So it's such a, it's very hard for me not to go in because yeah. they have got these people who spent their hard-earned money that are hoping to see and meet and take pictures and stuff. Right. So It's really that, cool. Yeah. It's very, I'm very blessed. Very blessed. And I designed that, right? So um, that's the Dragon's Lair. Um, and then in terms of other investments throughout the years, I've got um, shows. Oh, we were speaking. I was in Canada, I think, right? right? We, were, yeah. we were texting yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, and yeah. you were like, you, this is yours? Yeah, I yeah. Like, yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. And was I was, massive. Yeah, yeah. I was sending you uh, um, the bikini class. Right. Not to get you in trouble. Right. Sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he, he was like, what is what is this?
1: What is this? So I have um, various different shows throughout the throughout the country. Um, COVID killed two of them. I just need to pick them back up. Right. But we just done one in Canada now and it's called the Flexos Classic. And what I do there is it's a way of me giving back to the sport, right? Uh, a lot of great athletes have come through that amateur show, turned pro, and gone on to represent the country of Canada, filling the gaps, gone on to represent the country in the UK, gone in to fill the US. We had a big show here in Tennessee. We done it at the, uh, the Grand Old Opry you know the yeah sure yeah 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 we sure. threw it we threw it on there um so my goal in doing these shows is to to put these athletes on and under incredible lighting with incredible shows because there's just some some shitbag promoters out there yeah and they're all about this yeah for me i've done very well from this sport and i'm now able to be like okay I want to I want to make sure that you guys and girls who have dieted for twenty weeks, twelve weeks, whatever it is, yeah, get seen in the best of light. And then you've got the audience who may have never been to a bodybuilding show before or a fitness show before, sitting there and be like, "Holy crap, this is what it's like!" Yeah, you know, I, I get light performers in, and I make a really good production out of it, and it just helps to that my, my best friend, who also got me to move out here. Twist of my Miami is in production too, so he does all the resorts, world stuff, all the boxing. Oh, wow. And all, yeah. all the f- so everything, yeah.
0: He knows yeah. what he's doing. He's t-
1: so uh, it, it enables me to, well, in Tennessee, for example, I was able to bring the exact stage and the lights and the trusts that they use at the Mr. Olympia to Tennessee. That's amazing. And then the judges, for example, I, I handpicked all the judges, so nobody could say, because there's seven judges in fitness industry or Bodybuilding, And they they all have obviously the, 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 preference of what the, the, the guidelines of what yep. the ideal physique looks like in the class. And there's a lot of different classes in, in, in the fitness industry. Excuse me. Um, and I would bring in two judges from the surrounding states, two judges from Tennessee, two judges from Kentucky, two judges from Georgia, and then it'd be a single one. Mm. So nobody
0: could say, oh, I want favorites. None of that.
1: Oh, he coached and this and that. Right. It's like, these people don't even know each other. Right. They're not going to do it. Smart, anything. so because that's uh, a
0: gripe with a lot of fitness lot of industry stuff. You know, from the small ones all the way to the big ones, it's very political. John, you go the, the magazines buy the buy it. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, and it also eliminates that. So when you're walking away from a show as a promoter, you always hear the same old bullshit. Oh, the judges knew this person. Right. Or the lights were shit. Or the the <laughs> venue. Or the that. What else you got to gripe about? Right. I've spent a lot of money doing these right to make sure you guys are right. So yeah. when I hear it, nobody would say anything. They'd be like, Oh, I'm not happy with my placing. Good. Yeah. Come back better next year. Right. Right. And I didn't hear the, all the other cliche shit that goes on. Yeah. No, I should have won, but the where the lights were, they were they made me in the shadows. I was like, no, nope, no excuses. Yeah. Isn't he great? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, no. It's a no nonsense type of podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, what else have I done? Anyway, oh, I've got I've got some other things too. I mean, we in the, the the gym itself, we have a small little store which we're expanding. Um, we we used to do um, used to have a big online presence, but the brick and mortar was taken over from the online presence.
0: Wow, It's crazy! Shocking!
1: I know because everybody's coming in as a tourist to.
0: to I love that angle. The tourist yeah. angle is is really smart. Yeah. You know, I mean, and just no one's really done that. No one's recreated that venice beach thing you mm-hmm. know that's that's really cool well man i could sit here all day with you but and in, in nine minutes we're supposed to be going uh, to another meeting me and you is it
1: that time yes
0: really? <laughs> just flew yeah.
1: by yeah i can um, talk sweaty man no
0: no it's great you have to come back give me some fast fire questions if you want me to ask some questions okay uh <clears throat> true or false conor mcgregor will be a champion in some weight division in the ufc again True. I agree with you. I agree with you. I love Connor. Everyone's written him off, and it bugs me. He can come him. back. I love him. People yeah. I think I fucking try to be Connor.
1: like, listen, I, I got the beard and the, and the accent. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I can't tell you them stories now. Otherwise, we'll segue. So
0: um, your go-to cheat meal back in the day was what? Sushi. What? Yeah, I know. I thought you'd say pizza or I something pizza. fucking. Whoa. Hold on. You hate pizza. I told myself I hate pizza. So then I stayed away from pizza. Okay. Okay. Sushi was the cheat meal, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I didn't even think that would be a cheat meal. I would think truly, sushi's okay to eat. It, it truly isn't. Really? Why? No, well... Oh, mean, oh, it's it, not it, a cheat it, meal. It, I see. I yeah. got it.
1: Well, there's a lot of sugar in the sushi rice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you know that or not. But, I didn't realize that. Um, but yeah, that would be my, always my go-to. I mean, my wife ate so much sushi on my preps. She was over it. Like, we would eat sushi at least once a week. Because I was able to cheat. Once a week, so it normally would be sushi. Or uh, I did have a dessert, which my my, my wife loved making. Which I'd have. Uh, my go-to ch- dessert would be uh, either cheesecake, and then I went into the uh, what the hell they called? Um, I'm gonna call them snap crackle and pop. Blood yellow. Rice krispie treat. Rice krispie Treats. Oh yeah,
0: those are yeah. those are great.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, she'd make me a pan I'd eat the whole thing.
0: A pound, a, pa- a, a, oh, p- well, a, a pan. pan, a pan. Okay, a okay, pan. sorry, a pan. <laughs> sorry, it sounded like a pound. A pan. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that's good shit. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then your favorite Netflix. If you're gonna binge watch a show on Netflix, what's your go to show? Ooh, it's been a few. Especially
1: yeah? prep. Yeah. I mean, I, me and my wife waited for Game of Thrones to get to season six before we binge watched it. Okay. And then we went straight into seven. Could it started. Ozark,
0: um, did you get into Ozark? Yes,
1: Ozark, done that. Also, um, what's the ro- what's the, the, the Wild West robots? What the hell was that? Westworld, you see Westworld? No. Oh my God, that's fucking great. you seen Westworld, George? Uh, I've heard about it. It's I've very heard good. about it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins is in there. Basically, Oh, I haven't a, seen that. Okay. Like a, a futuristic world where you can create any fantasy you want. Basically, if you wanted to be a cowboy, okay. you could shoot these guys. They would die in front of you, but they were robots. And then they'd bring them out for the next scene for somebody else to come in. Is that on Netflix? I think that's on HBO, right? HBO? Yeah, HBO.
0: Yeah, okay. HBO. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Westworld.
1: this, this uh, yeah. Season 2 out, 2 0.
0: Man, this was a good time. This yeah, was man. a lot of fun. Long Sorry, time man. in the making. Yeah, it's been a long it's time. It's awesome. Thank Sorry, you so
1: much. Excited to hop on half the fucking podcast. No,
0: man. this was great. This is great. I, w- I want you every week. Uh, guys, we'll see you. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. That's good shit. I love it. Oh,